And thanks for joining the Joshua Nation's Inheritance Podcast, where we discuss God, the Bible, and God's purpose for your life. Be inspired and encouraged to engage in transforming the world around you. Spiritual growth disciplines. So the first, uh, the first few are relatively obvious. Go through this slowly. Um, this is one of the teachings that we have uh, that we're developing for our new discipleship program. And I think this will be an encouragement to you. But um, even if this seems very obvious, this is a tool that you could use as you encourage believers, uh, both new believers and mature believers in their spiritual growth. And so for the very first one is reading and study of the Word of God. Uh, the followers, us, followers of Jesus are exhorted, not just encouraged, but exhorted. And an exhortation really means that that is a strong encouragement, not with any kind of uh, spite or malice or anger, but it is like a command uh, along with an encouragement wrapped together to read and study the scriptures. And we do this because it gives us guidance, understanding, revelation. Uh, Jesus, as we know, is the embodiment of the word. He is the word. He is the, the logos and he is the word incarnate. And so the words that we have in the Bible, we need to view all of them with the understanding that these are the words of Jesus. And, you know, there's many uh, different ways that we can look at the scripture in that particular context. Um, I love to look at scripture through different filters or lenses. If you wear uh, glasses, uh, you will maybe have a better understanding of this. If you are wearing the proper glasses, you can see more clearly. If you are wearing someone else's glasses, uh, you will not see more clearly. Uh, you may see worse. <laughs> if you put <clears throat> glasses on that have a tint uh, because of the light, uh, like sunglasses, then it will help you see clear when there is too much light. Now, imagine that in viewing scripture. Uh, we have different lenses as we view scripture. Um, I love, love to look at scripture through the red letters of Jesus lens. And so when looking from Genesis through Revelation, uh, I view the context of the whole Bible in perspective of what Jesus said specifically through his words. But we do, we do not discount the other parts of the scripture because all of it is God's word. All of it are the words that come from the heart of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We are encouraged to study, to show ourselves approved unto God. You can find this in 2 Timothy 2.15. Uh, and we are to study to show ourselves approved unto God. It doesn't say that in this passage uh, that we do something else. It's not that we preach to be proved unto God. Uh, 
<clears throat> it's not that we serve to be approved unto God. In this passage, it says, study to show yourself approved unto God. Of course, there's always the serving, the loving, the humility, um, and uh, caring for one another. Those are in other passages. This one talks about study. So I guess there is, according to 2 Timothy 2.15, approved study, and then probably mediocre study. I won't say disapproved, because I think God is always excited when we study his word. Um, but we probably have some times where it's mediocre or half-hearted study. And so when we go to the word of God, we need to study it and show ourselves approved as we dig deep into the word of God. All scripture is given by God for his disciples to be inspired, encouraged, equipped, corrected. And uh, we, through the word, learn how we ought to conduct our lives according to Jesus. And so us as believers, the early church, we are commended for studying the word of God. We can't discount that. And if you are a leader, a pastor, a teacher, you cannot discount studying the words of God. Sometimes we get too focused on the activity of ministry and we start our day by joining into various meetings like this. Uh, we get into different uh, uh, activities of serving other people and we can easily neglect the word of God. So don't neglect the word of God. The second discipline that I wanna share is meditation. Now I'm not talking about uh, Buddhist meditation or Hindu meditation or pagan meditation. I'm talking about biblical meditation and we can see this throughout scripture. So it is an act of pondering or contemplating what the words of God are. And so as we read and study, we then meditate upon those things. This is more than reading or studying. It, it is a thoughtful turning over of something within our minds. And so sometimes uh, you will read something in scripture. Maybe you'll read some of these notes and then you meditate upon them. That means you keep it in your mind. You think about it. You think it through. You think about the beginning and the end. You think about the consequences of it. You think about the implementation of it. You think about the application of it to someone else. You think about the distribution of it to other people. And so it is actually uh, the terminology means to weigh upon your mind. So uh, I'm sure you have things that weigh upon your mind, both good things and bad things, things that are uh, helpful and also things that bring maybe uh, discouragement or even confusion. And so the biblical meditation is taking God's word and putting it in your mind. And so that's the thing that you have at the forefront of your mind before other things. It's distinct from other kinds of meditation, biblical meditation. The goal is not to empty one's mind, but to fill your mind with God's word by the help of the Holy Spirit. And so you can just wave at me. I'm not going to unmute you yet. But how many of you intentionally will read a passage of scripture 
on a regular basis and allow that just to kind of roll around in your mind. And honestly, this is one of the best ways where you can get uh, revelation, direction, also ideas for teaching, uh, writing sermons and so forth. Does anybody do that? I do that. Um, there's a lot of times where I will read something. Um, I allow that scripture just to roll around in my mind. And uh, as it's there, um, it becomes more and more vibrant. You could also think of it in terms of food. Does anybody like food? Yes. Um, so <clears throat> if you have a, a savory piece of meat, a good piece of meat, and you put it in a good sauce, and if you just put it in the sauce for a few seconds and you take it out, the meat doesn't take the flavors of the sauce. It's only a little bit better. Uh, you might as well have just dump a little bit on it and then take a bite. But if you put that meat into a pot of sauce and you warm it and you let it stay there for some time, that meat becomes softer, more tender, and more flavorful, right? Is everybody hungry now? <laughs> I know I am. I have not eaten yet today, but I will take care of that problem after this call. So that's like meditation. You take God's word, the meat, you put it into the sauce, which is like in your spirit, and you let the Holy Spirit just saturate that until it becomes more flavorful, more vibrant, and you learn and grow from it. And so through, through biblical meditation, you get profit in your own life. Uh, you get success and prosperity. Uh, the Lord will bring wisdom and clarity to you. It will help you in victory over the enemy, and it will fill you with joy. Now, if you are dealing with any kind of discouragement, and I know uh, that our situations are different all around the world, but many people are still suffering in so many ways, whether it's lack of food, lack of job in Pakistan and in West Africa. There are many people who are suffering because of flooding and rains now, and they're losing uh, all of their homes and possessions. And so there is uh, suffering all around us. And sometimes even if we are not suffering ourselves, when we see that, we lose joy. And so through biblical meditation, we can push away those things that try to bring us down. That doesn't mean we ignore or neglect those in need, but we, we push away the discouragement. We push away the depression we push away the things that weigh upon us and replace it with joy. So when we do go and we bring help and we bring relief to those who are in need, we bring, we bring the, the joy of Jesus with us. And that's because we've been saturated in the word of God. Amen. Uh, the biblical meditation will help you live by the word as well. Uh, there's a lot of times where, uh, even in ministry, where we, we struggle in certain areas because we are, uh, we are men, we are leaders, and the enemy wants to take us down. And by having a, a lifestyle, a discipline of biblical meditation, we're able to push back the temptation and the spiritual strongholds that try to come against us. We push them back because we have the word in us. All right, number three, prayer. I can't emphasize prayer enough, uh, but prayer is a, a two-way communication, and you know this. 
So I'm not going to spend much time on this, uh, but I will say one thing. Uh, there's, there's been a lot of prayers of petition going to the Lord this year. And a prayer of petition is something that's like, Lord, we need your help. And you are petitioning God for help. And that's good. That is fine. But uh, do not neglect uh, praying for relationship. Do not neglect praying for him to speak, to commune, to come together, to fellowship with the Lord. Did you know that the Lord wants to fellowship with you? When was the last time that you came to the Lord and you could say in all honesty that he probably would have enjoyed your company? When is the last time that you went and the Lord in prayer, and you could say, wow, I think I was a good friend to God today. Have you ever thought about it that way before? Uh, I think sometimes we come and we, we find ourselves where we are so low, we are so unworthy, uh, we have so many needs, uh, life is difficult, and uh, God knows this. He's not surprised, but he wants fellowship with us. And so, don't forget, uh, he created you for fellowship. He created you for relationship. And he loves when you come to him just to, just to hang out, to talk, to, to share, uh, to hear his heart, to share your heart, and to really, uh, like you would with a, a dear friend, with a dear brother, uh, just converse with one another. God loves that. You'll find that you'll be very refreshed in that process. So prayer, do not neglect prayer. Okay, now I'm going to get into some things that maybe we don't do as often. Uh, fasting. Uh, fasting is most uh, commonly understood to be a time dedicated to go without food. How many of you have fasted recently, intentionally or unintentionally? It's a, it's a good thing. Fasting is a, a good thing. In the Old Testament, the word fast means to cover the mouth. In the New Testament, the word for fasting means to not eat. Throughout Scripture, fasting is almost always focused on abstaining from food. We have heroes in Scripture uh, like Moses, David, Daniel, Elijah, Jesus, even the apostles and early Christians all practice fasting. In Matthew 6, verses 16 through 18, uh, Jesus uh, talks about fasting, and he doesn't say you know, if you fast, he says, when you fast, there is an expectation that followers of Jesus will spend times fasting. Prayer and fasting is a prerequisite for seeing people get set free and delivered from demonic strongholds and demonic possession. Prayer and fasting is also a, a process that will allow you to draw closer to God, to hear him. Now, what I found interesting, both for me and many others that I have talked to that uh, practice fasting, and maybe you have the same experience, uh, that sometimes during the fast, whether that's uh, three days, seven days, 21, 40 days, or whatever, there's no special number. Um, but during the process of fasting, Sometimes you don't hear much of anything from God, but it is a process of putting your flesh under subjection to the Holy Spirit. And then when you come out of the fast, it's like the floodgates of heaven open up and you get, you get words 
of wisdom, words of knowledge, you get direction, you get inspiration. And sometimes that happens for me. Sometimes I hear things while I'm fasting. Sometimes I hear nothing. And I almost feel like, God, where did you go? Here I am abstaining from food. Here I am cutting off the world and I don't hear anything. I think sometimes the Lord allows that to happen or does that uh, specifically uh, because it is Uh, How much harder is it for us to say no to food, say no to the luxuries and even the necessities of life when we're not hearing anything from God? Um, I think sometimes that's a bit of a test and a pruning of our flesh. And then when we come out of the fast, he he rewards us with with that download of love, revelation, and direction. There's other fasting as far as like uh, not doing media, a cutoff, television, radio, Facebook. Uh, but no matter what, uh, fasting is an important discipline. I know some people who fast one day a week, some who fast uh, several days every month. Let me encourage you, um, if you are able, uh, there is an expectation for fasting, and you will see that through that, your your growth and maturity will accelerate. Also, uh, it's through prayer and fasting that that manifestation power, that anointing that comes upon you will be increased. If you've been seeing a lack of signs and wonders and the power of God moving through you and your ministry, spend time in fasting and prayer. I will uh, almost promise you that you're going to see that begin to grow. The fifth discipline, so we've had, we've had reading and study the Word of God. We've had meditation. We've had prayer. We've had fasting. And the fifth one, and this one's a little bit different, this is called simplicity. Simplicity, being living a simple life. The Scripture discusses the trap of trusting into the work of your hands, the trap of trusting uh, financial resources. Our trust and faith uh, should not be in money or provision, but in the Lord. And as we trust in the Lord, he brings the provision necessary to us. Even beyond finances, living a simple life that's free from distractions, free from being cluttered, uh, that is preferred over a life that is overwhelmed with activities, overwhelmed with possessions, because these things take away from our focus upon God and our focus upon the calling that he has given us. Have you ever uh, seen something that you really want, you really like? Maybe it's a, uh, I like, I like technology. So sometimes I think, wow, I want a new iPhone or a new Samsung phone. And uh, then I begin to think about it and I, I, I point my attention towards that. Then I begin to do research about uh, which, which is the best. Uh, maybe you've wanted to purchase a, a bicycle, a motorbike, or even a, a car. And all of your attention goes towards something like that. For one reason or another, you become consumed by the thought of something else. None of those things are evil, but they are things. And the things can take our attention away from the one who loves and commands 
our attention. So let us not become entangled or or don't allow your life to become so complex and so busy, even as a minister, that you lose sight of worshiping and serving God. I said this at the beginning. We can become so busy in the activities of serving God that we no longer in our heart and our mind are serving Him. That's hard to understand sometimes. For many years, uh, I found uh, that uh, I, was, I was going through the activities of ministry, and I thought my activity was serving God. But my activity was only activity. And yes, it was doing good things. It was doing things in missions. It was doing good things in the church. It was fruitful in the outcomes. But my heart and my spirit were not serving God in simplicity. So let me encourage you uh, that you would simplify areas of your life that may need to be simplified. Uh, Confusion is not from God. He gives us peace. He gives us faith. He gives us boldness. But he brings clarity and peace. Confusion comes from the enemy. A clean and simple conscience of behavior and lifestyle is to be preferred over a busy lifestyle. So a simple and a clean lifestyle and behavior that honors the Lord is to be preferred over someone who is busy running here and there and trying to do all these great things for God. I'm reminded of the story of Mary and Martha. In all of us, at some point, we find our place in the position of Martha where we are busy doing many things. Even Jesus said, Martha, you are worried and concerned about so many things. But Mary has chosen the better thing, and that was to sit at his feet. The simple thing was to sit at his feet and enjoy the relationship and the opportunity to be with him. Sometimes we go between Martha and Mary, but uh, we go from activity to simplicity to activity to simplicity. When you find yourself so busy doing so many things, come back to simplicity and sit at the feet of Jesus. Okay, number six, solitude and silence. It refreshes your soul more than just separation from people. Now you can distance yourself from the busyness of ministry, but this is a practice that often goes along with fasting where you withdraw from people You spend some time away. You know, Jesus spent time in the wilderness uh, for 40 days. He also would withdraw from his uh, disciples. He would, they would be camping or out in the, in the forest or preparing to, to rest for the night. And then he would withdraw and he would go spend time with his father, his heavenly father. We need to do the same. Now, right now, with uh, lockdown in many places, with inability to travel and to go, um, Sometimes this means, even for me, I will have to go and uh, isolate myself in my own home. And uh, if you can't get away from people, if you don't have the space, you could have worship music or, or just something to be quiet and spend time with God in solitude and silence. The period of solitude or silence 
This could last for a short period of time, maybe a few minutes, a couple hours, or even a few days. And so some of the great men of God here who I've been able to, to learn from, uh, Dr. Russ Fraze, uh, Dr. David Shibley, even my father, uh, and others who have invested into me, I've watched them where they will take time, they will clear their schedule, make no commitments, and then they will go be away with the Lord quietly for several days and just pray, read, and uh, reflect and allow the Holy Spirit to refresh them. Uh, Jesus not only modeled prayer and solitude, he instructed us to do the same. And and he described this as the secret place. And uh, sometimes we've neglected the secret place and we've replaced it for the public place. Men, do you have a secret place or is everything you do a public place? Is your prayer also done in secret? Are you spending time with the Lord in secret? Or is everything done in the public? This is a challenge for us because uh, we don't want to waste time. We want to be an encouragement and a blessing uh, to all of those who God has called us to serve. But we, we need to have that time alone with God in solitude in the secret place so that we can be filled by the Father. Number seven, submission. To be a disciple of Christ, one's life, your life needs to be built on submission. And now this is different than uh, submission in the context of what some other religions may say. In Islam, submission, the submission is forced. In submission to Jesus, it is done willingly because of our love for him. And so, uh, we submit to God and to his will for our lives. In the book of James 4, 7, uh, we find that it is uh, when we submit to God that we're able to resist temptation, and then the devil will what? He will flee. So first we submit, then we resist, and the devil will flee. Sometimes we try to resist without submitting. Sometimes we just try to yell at the devil and say, go away in Jesus' name. But when our life isn't submitted to Jesus, then the devil doesn't run away because he knows he has a place uh, to come and to tempt you. So submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. Right now, around the world, there's a lot of governments and people in authority who are bringing harassment and persecution against the church. What do we do with this in the context of being a submissive or a submitted person? Uh, scripture gives us uh, direction on this. Romans 13, 1, and then 1 Peter 2, uh, verses 13 and 14, and also Acts 5, 29. Uh, as believers, we ought to be submitted to governmental authority as long as it does not contradict Scripture. Uh, the Bible makes it clear that uh, there are authorities that are put into place. And the authorities on earth are put into place or allowed to be put into place under the permission of our Father in heaven, both righteous and evil. Uh, those governments that we like, governments we don't like. And believe me, there's a lot of that. And so it's important that we look at Scripture and we are reminded that things that are not contradictory 
to scripture, things that do not violate God's word, then we are uh, encouraged and commanded that we honor those things. We're only here on this earth for a short amount of time. And so this is just a season. Sometimes it may feel like life is slow. <laughs> may feel like the days are long. It may feel like this year is never ending. <laughs> and then we wonder, what else can happen in this year? Have you thought about that? I think, I think can't this year be finished and 2021 have a fresh start with good things happening all around the world? So we are praying for that. I know you are praying for that. This is just a season of life. And so scripture tells us to submit when it doesn't contradict scripture. Submission should also happen uh, in our lives to spiritual leadership and spiritual authority. I hope all of you have someone who you submit to as, uh, as a spiritual mentor, a spiritual authority, leaders in your life, people who can encourage you, people who can help you and be accountable as you lead. Um, I know many of you have uh, that in your life. I don't know every person's situation, but if you do not have anyone who you answer to, let me encourage you that you find people who can come alongside you. And even if they're not a, a father, you need people who will check and make sure that you are walking your life according to scripture. I have friends in my life. Some of them are on here and some uh, are not on here today. I also have spiritual oversight with Dr. Russ Fraze, and they're able to speak into my life. Even though I am a leader, they're able to speak into my life if they see anything. And there's times where I go to them for counsel and ask for their wisdom and insight. And if the Lord is sharing anything with them in regards to me or to the ministry of Joshua Nations. Uh, submission to God keeps us humble and teachable. All of these things will help uh, craft and mold your life so that you are able to be more effective and fruitful for the Lord. And I think that's all of our prayer, is that we would be more effective and more fruitful for the Lord, that he would work in us and he would work through us. Number eight is service. Uh, service is often thought of as a lowly position. God has called us to serve. And I think that is a mark of not only a mature Christian, but a mature leader, one who's willing to serve, even if you don't really want to, even if it doesn't seem to be the time that uh, a leader should be serving. Um, I'm blessed when I come to your nations and uh, I have you to host me, to host Joshua Nations. And so many times you grab my bag and you take it for me, you carry my things. And uh, although that is not necessary, your heart of service is, is something that is noticed, not only by me, but also to the Lord. What does it look like when you have someone who is dirty, who's filthy, who, who, has, uh, who doesn't have a position of leadership? Will you serve them also? Will you do the same for them? Will you get down on your knees in the, 
in the gutters of the street, in the ditches with those who are of the lowest caste to serve them. Service is uh, something that sets us apart from the world. So don't forget that. Number nine, confession. Now, I'm not talking about confessing to a priest, uh, but our confession begins with a confession of a faith in Jesus. We confess it with our mouth and we believe in our heart. We also confess our sins to the Lord. Uh, but confession can also be very helpful when you have those spiritual leaders and those who help keep you accountable. As you confess things out of your mouth, you're able to uh, deal with those things. So if you have people who are walking with you to help you in your life, in your ministry, there's times where you may need to go to your brother and say, I need to confess something. I've been dealing with this, with this discouragement, or I've been dealing with this anger, or I've been dealing with uh, this particular problem and this temptation. Would you help me? And if you do sin and you make and you have a problem, that person can pray with you and help you as you repent to the Lord, but also put things back in order in your life, in your ministry. All right. Number 10, worship. I think that one speaks for itself. You need to have a regular time of worship. Uh, we need to be faithful in our worship, not just singing, but our lifestyle of worship. Number 11, guidance and accountability. Uh, this goes back to a little bit of submission as well. But there's many examples in Scripture that have men and women seeking guidance from both God and those who are around them. Uh, you think about um, Moses who received guidance and accountability from Jethro where you know Moses uh, was trying to carry all of the weight of making decisions and judgment, and Jethro came and guided him. Uh, we have Timothy and Paul. We have uh, Barnabas. We have John Mark. We have all of these different scenarios, and, and they're almost every great leader throughout Scripture, you find that there's guidance and accountability. We need to have that in our lives. If you don't have someone who can help you with guidance and accountability, Find someone. It will help you. It will bless you. And it will give you uh, the ability to grow and mature as a leader. Um, and the last one is celebration. We need to live a lifestyle of celebration. A surrendered life and a disciplined life unto God ought to be filled with joy. It needs to be one that, that allows the Holy Spirit to flow through us and has an excitement and as we draw close to God, we're going to be rewarded by him drawing close to us. And it is joy. It is a joy to have him in our life and to have that intimate relationship with him. I have the believer's life should be clearly marked, different from the world because of our joy, uh, because of our love, because of our faithfulness. And uh, we, are at, we are encouraged to ask Jesus for our needs to be met and our joy to be filled. You can find a great passage in John 16, 24. And so let your life be one that celebrates who Jesus is, celebrates the victory that he has given you, celebrate the provision and the love and the relationship that he has extended to you. Thank you for joining Joshua Nations on this episode of the Inheritance Podcast. 
For more information about the ministry of Joshua Nations, please go to www.joshuanations.org. To join our prayer movement, please go to prayer.joshuanations.org. We hope you will join us for the next episode of the Joshua Nations Inheritance Podcast. May God bless you.